I was leading the pack to go on this trip. And uh, we had a caravan. We had 60-some people going. So we had two church vans. We had the minibus. We had a trailer. And then we had a number of cars following that. So have any of you ever traveled with a caravan and just know that it's slower and getting in and out of gas stations and lining things up? And one person has to go to the bathroom. 60-some people are stopping to go to the bathroom. It's just, there's just no way around it. And uh, so I was, I, I had a schedule. I wanted to stick to the schedule. I'm the leader. I'm in charge. I made the schedule. I want to make sure that we're doing this. And uh, you have to go on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So here we are going on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And I go through the gate where you have to, to, to exit to leave the Turnpike. And the exit to get on the interstate that we needed from there was literally, and I'm not exaggerating, I wish I could have pulled up a picture to show you, was when you leave, it is right there. You have to get in the far right lane and then go all the way around and do that. Well, here I am going through the thing and I'm looking in my rear view mirror the whole time. Make sure everybody's with me. That's what you do as a leader. You know, I, I don't want to leave anybody. I, and so I'm, I'm inching along, inching along, not looking at the signs. I look up and we go on the wrong interstate in a caravan and everybody else is going behind me and so we stopped and I pulled over and I figured it out and I just told I went in it was like a rest area and I went in and everybody that was on the trip knows exactly what I'm talking about not this year but last year and I went inside and I told the guy I said hey I, I messed up I got off on here and I'm on this other interstate and he said well, all you have to do is go around and turn around and I said how far he said 30 some miles 30 some miles. I, I said, yeah, and then, it, but you got to know that's in the wrong direction. Once we turn around, it was 30 some miles to get back to the right direction. When you put that together, even, even going the speed limit, that's, that's almost an hour out of our way for a split second, me trying to do the right thing, watching in my rearview mirror, trying to make sure everybody's together, gunning it and taking off. Have any of you ever been there before? Raise your hand. Frustrated, aggravated, backtracking, off time, all my fault. And everybody's tired. Everybody wants to get out. And everybody, and I know nobody said anything. Everybody was really cool saying, Tony, it's all right. Everybody makes mistakes and all this. And the whole time I'm driving, I'm going, I'm an idiot. No amens, please. Not necessary. But I am thinking, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I see that? Where did I go wrong? I wish I could go back. When we went back through there, I was like aiming at it. I was like, how did I blank out? How did I not see that? How did I mess up so big? But let me tell you guys, as a leader, dads, as a leader, everything I did affected everybody behind me. Everything that I did affected everybody behind me. When I, it was, every car behind me was spending an hour of gas out of their pocket Everybody that was hungry, everybody that had to go to the bathroom was cursing my name under their breath. Everybody just like, here we go. And I tell you, that is the most frustrating thing. And Jen can tell you one of the, the biggest pet peeves that I have in my life. I don't like to backtrack. I, I don't like to backtrack. We got off one time. I think we were going to Chick-fil-A or something like that. And we got off and it said Chick-fil-A this exit. We got off the exit. It said it was like four miles down. I got right back on and kept going. I said, that's not on this exit. That's deceptive. You get off on an exit, it should be right there. I don't want to backtrack. I don't want to travel. I want to eat. I want to get back on. And that's how I am. And all the kids were like, we want a Chick-fil-A. And I said, I want to get there and we're just going to go. I messed up. And it affected everybody. You know all the things, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, 
a father is a leader. And I don't want to eliminate everybody else. So everybody here is a leader of some sort. A mother is a leader. A father is a leader. But I'll tell you, even the father, according to the Bible, is to take point. We're to be out front. We're to be looking. We're to be following the Spirit of God. We're to be watching out for the enemy and doing all those other things. And when you trip and fall, when you mess up, when you're off track... It's not easy, and I'm talking about right here. So let me throw you for a loop of where I'm going on my Father's Day message today. You know what I normally preach on? Normally, I've I've gone through and I kind of go back and see where I've done and things like this before. And hey, man up, be the man, be the leader, take control, do all, all, all these different things. Let me tell you, everything that I'm thinking with those things should be preached and they should be taught. But that's not what I'm preaching on today. I want to just talk about what do, you, what do you do when you feel like a failure as a dad? Because I tell you, I've been there. I'm just, can, can we be real and transparent without anybody thinking, oh, he's good. He's talking about me. And he knows. And that sometimes I know, I know a lot of people's stories and things. But there's not a person here right now that has not felt like I have just messed up as a dad. I have messed up as a leader. Maybe, maybe you're way down the line and you're looking back at your kids and now none of them are in church. And you're thinking, I raised them in church. I brought them to stuff like this for Bible school and I brought them to Awana. They did all this and now I look back and I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? Because the greatest blessing that I could have right now as a dad would be to have my kids right here. You think, where did I, where did I go wrong? Can, can we talk about this this morning? I, I really want to talk about this. Because I know, and just so you guys know, my kids aren't perfect. Your kids aren't perfect. There's no perfect dad. If you think you should be a perfect dad, welcome to world. Welcome to life. Welcome to reality. None of us are perfect dads. I want you guys just to take some of the things and not read into what I'm saying this morning of the wrong way, but examining what we're talking about. Failure is never fun. Sometimes we don't want to get up and do it anymore after we fail. After we've messed up, after we have regrets. I'm going to talk about the different angles of failure. And, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to read a story here and say, like, well, you're way off. Man, I've preached this exact passage before from this angle over here. And I'm going to walk all the way over here and say, I never thought of it from this angle here. So I'm talking about Joshua. And notice this failure, this epic failure that Joshua, this leader, had. Verse 2, Joshua 7, verse 2. And Joshua sent the men... From Jericho to Ai, which is besides Bethaven, to the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country, and went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people that labor thither. And they are but a few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them, about 30 and 6 men. They died. Yet 36 men died. And the men of Ai smote them, about 30 and 6 men. And they chased them, chased the people of God before the gate, even to Shebarim. And smote them, the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted because, and became as water. You talk about an epic story of failure. Now, this is where I want to hit home. 
Who knows what the story is about? You know what I've preached? What is the, who's the main character of this story? Achan. What did Achan do? Achan sinned. He took, he, he took of the, the things of Jericho and brought them into his tent and he buried them and did that. And because there was sin in the camp and he did exactly what God said to do. But here's the thing. I don't want to talk about Achan this morning. Because that's what I've preached on before. Because I thought about it. Here's the story that I am reading is all about Joshua. He's the leader. You know who is crying out to God? You know who is broken? You know who is miserable? You know who is questioning? You know who is frustrated? Not Achan. It's not the son or the daughter. It's dad. It's dad that can't sleep. It's dad that's crying out to God, what did I do wrong? It's dad saying, I, I, I can't, Lord, I, I, I'm embarrassed. It's, it's dad saying all of this. Sometimes in leadership, the people we lead will not always do the right thing. You guys get that? Whether you're a, a manager of a company, you're a dad or a want a leader or a bus captain or a father of children or a mother or whoever, not everyone you lead is going to do the right thing. I want you to get that this morning. Because sometimes as we're leading and they don't do right, we sit there and say, I'm done, I'm a failure, I can't do that because they're not doing what I know that they should do. And let me tell you right now, if you search your heart right now, every one of us will identify with this. The truth is, failure as a leader, it's not about what you do all the time. Feeling defeated can come through the actions of other people. It can. People will say, that was not your fault. You, you raised your kids the right way. You did this, you did that. And you just say, it's true. But let me tell you, it doesn't change my heart as a dad. It doesn't just make it go away because I'm thinking I did all the right steps. But they're not doing the right steps now. Or they're not where they should be. Or they made mistakes. Or they got in trouble. I, my job was to instruct them. My job was to keep them on track. My job was to protect them so that they had everything in life that they needed and have been able to grow up without the pain and suffering. And now they've got scars in their life and problems in their life that I'd give my life for them not to have. You don't think that messes with your mind? And we quickly blame ourselves. We don't sit there and say, well, son, where did you mess up? Dad, let me tell all the kids what's going on with dad. Dad's sitting there saying, God, where did I go wrong? Did I not say enough? Did I not do enough? Did I lack in this? Did I not push this? What did I do, God? I wanted that. You think about the story of the prodigal son. Let me, let me do the same thing with this. We always talk about the prodigal son. He left. The prodigal son ran into the world. The prodigal son spent everything. The prodigal son got into the pig pen. The prodigal son, the prodigal son. Stop. What about dad? Have you ever thought about that? What about the news of getting that your son comes up to you and says, I want out. Son, I've given you everything. Son, I want the best for you. Son, I've got great plans for you. Son, I've got more to teach you. Son, that's not good. How about the day he left? And dad had to watch until he faded out in the distance. Not knowing that if the son was going to be okay. Not knowing where the son was going to go. Not, not knowing if he was going to get beat up by thieves. Hey kids, let me just tell you right now. Dad's worried about all of those things. When they want to know 
where you're going, who's driving, how long are you going to be gone, how long has he been driving, how, all, all those other questions. It's not because he's trying to micromanage your life. It's because he, he's crazy in love with you and he doesn't want you getting hurt. Amen. It's hard. I want you to get that Joshua led Israel. Joshua followed God. Joshua was trying to do everything right. And Joshua was on his face, miserable from this problem. So let's get real with this issue. Number one, failure affects us. You can say it doesn't, but I'm going to tell you guys right now. Some of you are not serving in our church right now because of failure. Some of you are depressed because of failure. Some of you feel defeated. Some of you didn't even want to call your kids and say, come to church with me because you've messed up. And you're, you're thinking in your mind, well, Dad, I don't want to go to church with a hypocrite because I know how you are at home. They know about your habits. They know about your faults. They know about how you've screamed at mom. They know about all your mess ups. They know how you struggle with drinking. They know how, they know all that. Let me tell you guys right now, our failures there's a whole thing going on up here. And Joshua spells it out. And I, I just started taking note. All I did was start reading through this passage and taking notes of this. Start in verse 6. And Joshua rents his clothes over the failure, over the fault, over Achan, the one that he was leading and loved. And he fell upon the earth of his face before the ark of the Lord into the evening tide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord, God Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us in the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we have been content to dwell uh, on the other side of Jordan? O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, shall invite around us, cut off our name from the earth. And what will thou do to thy great name? Failure affects us. It hurts. Let, let me point out. I'm just going to read through here and I'll, I'll point this out. And let's, see how, let's see how much we hit home, Dad. Let, let's see if we can hit home, Dad. Mom, leader, it brings brokenness. Verse 6, and Joshua rent his clothes and he fell to the earth upon the face before the ark of the Lord until evening time. Let me tell you, this is a description of not just sorrow, it's deep sorrow, it's frustration. frustration. Guys, have you ever been worried about your kids, your kids go off to college, or you, you hear reports of what they're doing at school or wherever they're at, or a friend comes up and says, oh, he's not as good as what you think, or whatever it is, and it consumes your mind? I, I'm saying overwhelms your mind. You wake up with it, you go to bed with it, it's on your mind as you're driving back and forth to work. It's there. Even noticing this, from, he, he did it until the evening time. You can't stop. And the question goes through your mind, where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? It's not just a bad day. He was affected. We're affected. Leaders hurt when they're hurt. Dad's hurt when our kids are hurt. Dad's hurt before the kids are hurt. Because dad knows the path that they're taking and the things that they're doing. Or the, 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 and I'm saying, guys, when our, when our kids get pregnant out of wedlock or, or they, they, they end up shacking up when we're thinking they shouldn't or, 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 or they're in a job that you taught them not to even touch that kind of stuff and all these other things, it, it, it's, it's all of us. 
He's broken. It goes from brokenness to doubt. He said, I, I want to do that. I'm just being honest. It, it does. And Joshua said in verse 7, Alas, O Lord, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites? Did you set me up for this? You find a great leader questioning God. Oh, you might not say, that's all right. I don't want you to raise your hand. I raise my kids in church. I give, I tithe, I attend. I do everything. Just, just to keep investing in the kids of this church while my child is in trouble? Does this work? Am I going to get up next Sunday to go tell a bunch of other kids that didn't work for myself? Yeah, probably nobody's been there. I'm trying. Try having that conversation with God. God, I'm trying. I can see if I wasn't trying. I could see if I wasn't going to church. I could see if I wasn't faithful. God, I could see that. But what? I'm trying. He, he is, he's talking. He said, did you set me up? Are, are you going to let your people, your leader that you called and said, as I was with Moses and I'll be with you? You're going to let me fall on my face? Yeah, God, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're really even the God that you said you are. You might not admit it out loud, but I tell you, it's easy to question God when you're hurting. And ask, do you even love me? Do you even care what I'm going through? Did you set this up? Then there's regret. Would to God that we would have been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Regret. I wonder what I would have done differently. God, maybe it would have been better if I weren't even stepped a foot in that church or take on all that stuff because obviously it didn't matter. Think, think about his mind for him to say, maybe it would have been better for us to stay back in the bondage or go back to before the victories or before all this. You say, man, Jordan. He said, before Jordan. Jordan was one of the coolest victories ever recorded in the Bible. Isn't it funny how you can't think of all the goodness of God when you're hurting? Isn't it funny how all that stuff becomes a blur when you're frustrated? It brings it to the next thing. He's frustrated. Verse 8, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? Lord, what am I to do now? You've got a plan for this. Everything that I did that I thought was right didn't work. So what am I supposed to do now? More of the same stuff? Lord, we should have never been running from our enemies. He said that in this passage. God, this doesn't make sense. And I'll be honest, God, I have no answers. And I'll be honest, God, why am I going to walk in front of a Sunday school class or a bus route or another class or a group of men or a small group or a prayer thing and sit there and say, hey, brother, you've been in church 30 years. Why don't you give us some advice? And you're sitting there thinking, I have no advice. I've messed up beyond belief. I, I can't figure it out. I don't know what is right. It's all here. Then there's fear. Verse 9, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of Israel shall hear of it. And then they're going to surround us and, and cut off your name from the earth. And what will thou do unto your great name? Say, Lord, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't even know if I can trust what's going to happen next. And let me tell you that the, the last one, which is absolutely true, is embarrassment. Verse 9, and what will thou do unto thy great name? Say, so, you know, I'm, I'm a child of God, Lord. I am, I am the, 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 the servant of Jehovah, the leader of Jehovah, and I am the one running in embarrassment. Yes, let, me, let me tell you, in our shame in our hearts, we're sitting there worried about what everybody else is thinking we are. 
Man, I, 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 if I go to church and everybody's going to start asking me about this and that, and I'm telling you, wh- why is your son doing that? Or why is your child doing that? And why I haven't seen so-and-so in a while? And it just, it, oh, I don't want to look bad. It looks like I don't know what I'm doing or I've taught all this stuff my whole life and I have nothing to show for it. Failure hurts. Let me give you some truth. Number two, failure is part of leadership. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. So let me tell you, every dad here, don't think that you can teach your kids that it's just something we casually do. If you casually teach your kids to go to church or casually teach them to follow God or casually teach them to do what's right, and then all of a sudden they get older and you want them to go to church, you've already taught them that it's no big deal. You've, you've already set that in their minds that you go or come or whatever. It's not a priority. We, priority is work and priority is school and priority is all these things, but that's not a big deal. I'm not talking about that. Sometimes we do bring it on ourselves, but I'm telling you, Sometimes failure is simply part of life. And this is where I don't want you guys reading into this and saying, I'll, I'll explain here in a minute. The Bible says in Job 14:1, man is born of a woman a few days and is full of trouble. You can lead, but you cannot control everything. You can lead, but you cannot foresee everything. Problems will come even when you have done everything right. Can I give you an illustration? Can I give you a bunch of illustrations? God created a man and a woman. And he said it is good. And we've been talking about through this whole thing. That man and that woman brought a curse upon the world. That man and that woman that God did, the first ones, the only ones, messed up big. You can sit there and say, well, you know, well, if God created them and brought them in the world, he sure didn't do a good job with controlling them. Does anybody hear me? You know what I'm saying? You can sit there and blame God and say, you say, well, my kids are messing up. And God's saying, well, I know about my kids messing up. They have two kids. Two kids. Honey, I'm worried about Cain. What do you mean? He's, he looks at Abel funny. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever worried about your kids? Say, my kid picks on my kid. What about having the testimony, my kid killed my bro- his brother? He, he just drug him out there and said, I'm tired of him. He killed him. There's only two kids on the world. 50% of their kids in, in society were murderers. He said, well, if I had better education, if I had this, if I had that. Adam walked with God. Cain and Abel had no MTV to, to sit there and blame. It's the influence of the world. It's all those kids at school. It's the drugs. It's, they had none of that. And here, they're only kids of the first man and the first woman that walk with God and experience perfection. Have two kids that mess up. Take the leaders of the Bible. Walk through the kings. Walk through their kids. Take Jesus that had 12 disciples. And one of them is the devil. Yeah, I'm going to tell you guys right now, you can't control everything. God could. And I, that, that's where I want you to say. And you, I don't want anybody to go, you're saying God was a failure? I'm not saying God was a failure at all. I'm just saying that God says, hey, that you're, you're in a cursed world. And when you lead people that are part of a cursed world and they have a sin nature and they have free will and they can do what they want. Yes, your kids are going to mess up even when you're trying to do everything right. 
God wasn't a failure. Jesus wasn't a failure. But let me tell you right now, it doesn't mean that as long as we're in this world, there will be trouble and there will be problems. And that means me, that means you, that means every person that's a deacon and whoever you are and the title that you have does not mean that everything's going to go right. Wow, this is a great message. (laughs) Failure, failure, failure. This is great. It makes me, it's truth, truth, truth. It's in every section of every pew of every line, upstairs and downstairs in this room. We deal with problems because we deal with sin in the world. We don't raise robots and we cannot control them. But here's the best part. Failure is not the end. Yes, failure affects us, and failure is part of leadership, and if you get out and you lead as a dad, or as a mom, or as a pastor, or any other position, failure is going to be part of the package, just the way it is. But let me tell you, failure is not the end. It's not the end. And this is where I think I need to shake everybody and wake you guys up and see this. Failure will want to make you quit. I just don't want to do it anymore. I'll tell you what, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. A, a lot of people, when they fail and things mess up, I just don't want to do it anymore. I, if I do anything, I just mess it up. I, if, I, I don't serve in church anymore because I can't even get my own kids to go to church. Or I, I don't give advice to my kids anymore because obviously I didn't do a good job with them. And all of a sudden, we pull back. God's not about retreating. And, and I know in the story of Ai, they, they messed up and, and all that stuff happened. But look at verse 12. And the Lord said unto Joshua, get the up. So here the Lord comes up on Joshua and he's on his face and oh dear God they think you've forsaken me and I'm embarrassed and all this other stuff and God goes over there and says get up. I'm not reading into it. I'm telling you exactly what he says. God walks up to him and Joshua's flat on his face feeling regretful and everything and God says get up. Get up. Wherefore liest thou on your face? Israel had sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they even have taken the accursed thing, which it, and I have also stolen and dis, dissembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Let, let, me, let me take you through the steps of what God took him through the steps. Number one, we get up. You get up. You know what that means? God says, get back into the fight. Get back into leadership. Get back into being a dad. Get back into what I called you to do. Get up. Get off your face. Take out the pacifier. Get up. Failure is not the end, and your failure should not identify you as who you are. You guys, yeah, it should not be your defining thing of like, I tried so hard. Okay, we all tried very hard, and we get up. We fail and we get up and we mess up and we get up. And then we learn. We learn. And the Lord said on verse 10, and he explained to him everything that was going on. And he said, verse 12, and the children of Israel took not, could not stand before thee because of this. Every problem we face is a lesson. Every trial we come across makes us stronger. Everything that we learn in life from failure makes us better. It makes us better. You're sitting there saying, well, I didn't know and I, I didn't see that. I was taking the church and I've had some people say that I, I overserved in church and I never had family time. And I didn't. You know what you can do with that? You learn from that. And the next dude coming along with his kid sitting there saying, hey, dude, when's the last time you had a family day? When's the last time you were home? 
What, what are you doing for Father's Day? What are you doing for Mother's Day? You sit there and you learn everything we do. Because you, you, what you're going to learn from this pastor is that they walked out and had a great victory. It was a very sweet victory of what they did. But they, didn't, they would have never done that if Joshua would have stayed on his face. A, a lot of you are missing out on what's next. The next chapter, you turn the page and God says, oh, it didn't say the end. It said chapter 15. And there's a whole nother thing about what God's going to do with you and a whole nother journey for your life and a whole nother blessing of things to come. God's not done. Even though it feels like you are. People that have been addicted and had problems and addictions in their life, all of a sudden they learn to be able to help those that had addictions. People that have been through an abortion, you're saying that identity. God says, why don't you help those that have been there are contemplating that. Those that have been molested, those that have been raped, those that had horrible fathers, those, all those different things. Don't let them define who you are. Amen. He said, what if all the people around us say that we're failures and that our God doesn't care? God says, I'm going to show you something. They're not going to say that about Jehovah God. Get up. Let me take you to a victory. Let me show you something cool. And the third thing is, we go again. Joshua 8, 1, and the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Stop crying. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. God says to him, let's try this again. You can't go back. You can't change the past. You, 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 there was those. There was casualties. There was those that, yes, they died in battle. And yes, it's embarrassing. And yes, you could go back. And yes, you have regret. But God says, I'm not done with you. Let me take you to the next part. Let me show you the next victory. There's another battle to face. You know what all this represents, moms and dads? There's a whole other generation of kids we have to reach. Amen. Amen. There's more kids out there. Maybe you said, I wasn't faithful to God in church, and I didn't do that, and I have regret, and I have failures, and all that. And said, okay, what are we going to do now? Let's go reach the next generation. Let's take what we've learned. Let's, let's pick ourselves up. They use their failure as a weapon. Did you guys know that? So God comes to them, and I won't read it, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, and it goes all the way through that passage. And God says, all right, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take a small number, and you're going to go after them again. And he said, all the people are going to run after you because they're going to show you up and say, we ran over them the first time, let's run over them the second time. So they do, they come up with this little army and they run up. And then all of a sudden they go, oh no, we're going to die. And all the children of Israel run the other way. Well, the other part of the children of Israel are standing there as an ambush and they run into the city and took the whole city. They're out there fighting against them and they turn around and find out that they lost the whole battle because they were chasing them out. You know, God will do, God will say, Oh, you messed up and that's a failure and you thought that was this and that. He says, can I have that? Let me show you what I'll do with it. Because God is a God of restoration. Yes, you know what we do? We talk to the world. I, there's not one person in here in the sound of my voice that comes to church and everything. We'll go up to a lost person that's made mistakes and everything and says, God is a God of second chances. Don't tell, We've all said that. Can I tell you right now that God is a God of second chances to them and to you? It wasn't just another battle. God brought them right back to AI and said, let's try this again. And I know we can't go back, and I know we can't redo some of the things that we've had in our past. I don't know if some of you are going to walk out of here and say, what did your pastor preach on today? Failures? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's great. I'm glad I didn't go to your church today. 
But I'll tell you, failure is in every one of our lives. It's in every one of our lives. It's just a matter of what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? So I tell every dad that is discouraged and every dad that has this, and I tell you, if I was, I, I'm almost tempted to do this and say, every dad, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever felt like you failed or you lost your kids or your kids are not in church or they made mistakes and all this other stuff? Half the church would stand up. But I also know that that half the church is standing up in the back of your mind. You're sitting there thinking, I am a failure. I've messed up. I'm not good enough. And God's sitting there going, come on, dude, come on. Get up. <laughs> 